Prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sounds and scrutiny of... After Shots Podcast with Chris Aiken and Matt Hartnett. Aftershocks right here on aftershockspodcast.com and with us today uh, to talk about the reissue of the brilliant album The Butterfly Effect is one of my favorite bands pretty much of all time uh Portugal's own Moonspell and on with us is Francisco Ribeiro of Moonspell so Francisco how are you man I'm doing fine. I'm staying uh, healthy and safe right here in little Portugal. So excited to share a little uh, of, all, of my minutes of the day with, with you guys over there. Excellent. Well, uh, Francisco, I, I have to tell you the honest, I'm going to be as honest as I can here. I remember no in the late 90s or 2000, I guess it's 99, when I first got my hands on the butterfly effect and my honest reaction was, what in the hell is this? Because <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm alone there. I think a lot of people were, were especially for me personally, I came into discovering the band with Irreligious. And that album is, is still probably my favorite that you guys have ever done. The Butterfly Effect felt so different in so many ways. You know, it, it was really the most challenging re release, I think, that you've ever done. So, you know, let, let's start there, man. Talk a little bit about when you were first putting this together. What was what was going through you guys' mind as a band? Because it really was a very different, changed record from from the, the stuff you had done previously. I think that was a pretty crazy record. It was also the first time we had the chance of um, touring North America. And um, so we got a lot of uh, people in shock because actually the band they have known before, uh, starting off from under the Moonspell and Wolfhard with more of a black Gothic metal oriented and then with uh, Irreligious has changed a lot. Obviously, like I used to say, these were sign of the times uh, back then. Um, in Europe, um, bands um, were already a bit bored and tired and they were trying to expand their horizons not only ourselves, but also bands like Catatonia, Paradise Lost. Sure. Um, you know, there was a big, big movement um, in order to change and to go further. Not every time the fans were up to that. And I understand that because I'm a music fan as well. And sometimes it just doesn't go down well, all this experimenting when people are, um, you know, expecting some something else. But uh, with the album before Butterfly Effect, Sin, we already started that because I have to say that I totally respect people's uh, opinions. Nowadays, what I get from all these reissues, especially with the most polemic albums like Sin and Butterfly Effect, is that people have also grown as listeners. And there's also room again, you know, for listening to these albums under a different light. And I believe that um, around, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that, um, people also get, got fed up with the meat and potatoes that metal was becoming. So that's why right. there was room for bands like Lepros, like Zillanarder, you know, like the changes that Wolver from Norway have been changing. People were not so keen 
and um, so um, anal about not wanting their favorite bands uh, to change and metal kind of split and then it came together again so in 2020 you know on this so much uncharacteristic year um, to release an album like Butterfly Effect it's something that brings it back into the life of people which for me it's good because it doesn't uh, it means that our records do not uh, stay in the shelves like just getting right. dust um, but on the other hand um, what I think about that I don't know that mind frame back then is that um, even though um, I'm a musician I'm also a music fan first and foremost sure. and it's hard to get uh, into the people's the author's mind be it in a book or in a TV show or in, you know TV series <clears throat> or even in a, in a record but I think the biggest engine of change for Moonspell has always been a certain degree of insatisfaction you okay. know uh, I had another interview and people were asking me were you guys visionary back then with uh, experimenting with butterfly effect I don't think so I think we were free you know and sometimes you have a musical agenda sometimes you don't there's um you know there's bands that opt to do the more regular thing let's call it this way and there are bands that opt to travel a little bit uh within the music taking their risks of not being um understood by by their fans but all in all i think everything is necessary for the growth um of a band and also moonspell will be the same band as today if we haven't learned or from our experiences our right doing our wrong doing you know it's just a big part of being in the band you know it's a trial and error uh, in a way but in music you cannot really miss you know sometimes you just do different stuff it's not yeah. like you are like um, on a competition or something to do the right thing that then it's up to the fans that we can control yeah sure how important is it for you and was it then as well to push yourself or try different things you know individually like you know and and i i'll point right to butterfly effect you listen to a song like adaptables as an example that at the time was very different for you vocally it was you know i i don't want to say whole sound you know i don't want to say you were a death metal vocalist that that all of a sudden was crooning but it, it really had a different atmosphere vocally for you and and it seems like ever since butterfly effect you've really done different things with your voice that maybe you didn't do three records so is it important for you to try different things and try to make, you know, try to find different avenues for your voice to be heard? Well, it's all a part of the improvement. I mean, um, I'm not, I wasn't born a singer, you know, I'm not that um, kind of um, guy or, or, or female singer that opens the mouth and everything is beautiful. You know, I had to, uh, I was never designed to be, to be a, a singer in a band. I had a lot of problems with uh, hearing, with staying in tune, um, etc. And I always tried from album to album to uh, approach being versatile. You know, sometimes to camouflage my weaknesses as a singer, other times uh, to expand other characteristics more as um, um, an interpreter than really a singer that was there, you know, hitting the notes and doing everything right with the glissandos and the crescendos and the ad libs, etc. So I, but um, besides of that, I sing for many years now, you know, and I think that every album of Moonspell has been a small improvement, a small step uh, for me as a singer. I definitely, especially on Extinct, 
the 2015 album, I was um, quite happy with my vocal performance. And since then, I have evolved uh, more. With Butterfly Effect, and, I mean, I was just um, another guy in the pack uh, experimenting. A lot of the vocals I did for uh, Butterfly Effect, because we recorded in London, and it was a very crazy atmosphere, total experimental. And sometimes I don't feel like singing on the microphone. I just have this small recording machine, put my vocals in there, sing with the microphone, sing with this uh, vocal machine. So it was like, um, you know, we were very, very keen in uh, not having any kind of boundaries, even technical boundaries to record an album such as Butterfly um, Effect, which takes a while also for the production side to uh, listen to it because it's sometimes it's very savage. Sometimes it, things are too loud or too um, little compressed. So, but I think that's also the part of the charm um, of the album. But um, as a singer, I always have a lot to learn. You know, I really like people that can really um, sing from classic metal to, uh, you know, the more experimental metal. There's great singers um, out there. And I think, um, you know, practice doesn't make perfection, but um, it, at least the way uh, to improve, it's, it's, um, it's there. So every album, I try to um, go learn more uh, to make a cool interpretation of the lyrics that I write as well to uh, to make it cool with the accent as well because i'm not a net native uh, english speaking person so i have this yeah. even though i'm from portugal i have these eastern like russian romanian um right. accents that um sometimes uh, it's cool for the songs like vampiria and stuff like that but um it's a work in progress definitely um as um as a singer and butterfly was another step in a more experimental thing and by the way i love crooners and i think that will be my future if the, i have any musical future for sure it will be to sing the hits and evergreens uh, because i have a deep voice that's 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 for sure definitely you know speaking of your voice you're you are often in the in metal circles compared to peter Steele, and you know i i certainly that's no insult at all because peter was a great vocalist himself you know for you, do you do you accept that comparison, or do you just kind of look at it as anybody with a deep voice would get that comparison? Well, I had um, I was fortunate enough to tour with Type of Negative both in Europe and the U.S. to watch the shows, to watch Peter uh, perform live, and I think if it's an insult, it's to Peter. You know, God keep his soul. So, um, but it's no secret that, um, you know, I'm very influenced by, by Peter Steele. And no, it's not anyone with a deep voice that can, can do that. Also, because uh, Peter was a baritone, so he could hit very high notes um, as well. And all in all, he was a very consummate musician with very good taste. You know, I think um, one of the things with, per with, um, with Type of Negative is that he had a very cool musical background by sure. listening to the Beatles, Black Sabbath, you know, all the greats. And also, he had a very proper view of what to do with the type of negative, starting off from the green color up to the lyrics of the song, up to the um, up to the um, the fact um, how he presented himself on stage with the New York PD cap, etc. So, all in all, besides a great singer, he was a great artist and a complete artist in many many forms, not only as a musician but also even as a marketeer, you know, <laughs> type of negative had these amazing lines, ironic lines, political lines, yeah. um, even so, I mean, I can only appreciate the fact that sometimes I get compared to uh, Peter because he's one of my influences on the scene. I was very much into 
uh, more screamers like Quarthen or grunters like Tom Jew Warrior, Celtic Frost and Bathory were my favorite bands. And then when I first heard Slow, Deep and Hard, I already knew Carnivore. When I first heard uh, Slow, Deep and Hard and when I, f uh, then Bloody Kisses just, you know, blew my mind out. And it was um, an amazing, an amazing album. Um, very amazing lyrics about love and heartbreak, which was something I will never ever have written before I got in touch with um, with the type of negative. But um, I would say there's there should be more deep vocal singers nowadays. With all due respect, it's everybody doing falsettos and a lot of um, female fronted bands as well like we kind of the deep singers the metal crooners are on extinction right. uh, in a way i don't see many of them around yeah what, it's what singing high you know <laughs> we gotta why, go low. why do you think that is do you think it's just that there's not quality singers that can sing at that at that depth or do you think that it's just it's easier to it's easier to gain an audience when you when you sing in a higher register I don't know, maybe it's a musical choice, you know, um, metal has never been a lot about deep vocals, uh, you know, Dio was a high singer, Ozzy was a high singer, right. and then and then when the metal bands uh, started to, to have more and more female singers, obviously their voice, with few exceptions, is going to be high notes, so sometimes it's just like um, another piece of the puzzle, and it gets, in my opinion, sometimes too much, too over the top, and sometimes I can even see uh, uh, singers struggle because the notes is here and they are almost there. And I've, I'm always the guy to um, to ask for more variety. You know, I love when a good singer goes on stage and just delivers a, a performance and it doesn't have to be always like, ah, on our ears, you know, because sometimes it gets annoying. Obviously, if you see King Diamond, that's awesome. But even King Diamond, he does the merciful fake rasp it does the, the singing stuff, so it's very versatile. And sometimes if I'm one hour just listening to a guy going, uh, or a girl going, uh, you know, Halloween from start to right. uh, from scratch, it, it gets too much too, too much for me because I really like, um, you know, diverse vocalists to, sure. to put it this way. And it's always good to have, it's always good to have the change up too, you know, and I, I think, for for Moonspell and for other bands too that have that have always had you know kind of a multiple sounding vocal like an amorphous is another band you know that, yeah that's true. you know it's it's really as a as a metal fan it doesn't ever let you get bored because even song for song on an album you know the vocal changes you you know a lot of times you you guys use you'll use the low vocal to set up the screams or vice versa. And it, you know, it makes for a more compelling listen. Don't you agree? Yeah. I think that has to do also with the lyric writing, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I think a good singer, um, you know, when he writes a lyric or when he's uh, interpreting a lyric from um, someone else or a poet or a band member, he really has to um, look in the words for the right um, expression. The Morpheus is a good example. Like they mix really, the verses are more sung or melodic, and then they hit the chorus with more growling, etc. because it makes sense, because the chorus is the big part of the um, of the song so you will need big vocals like the um, you know tommy's grow growing vocals so um i think it has to do also with the way or always with the way you song write and for moonspell it's diversity it's a lot of uh, our many songs are a succession of moments you know atmospheric 
mid aggressive, mid tribal, mid gothic. So it's um, important for us to have me as a singer that I can uh, embody all the changes throughout um, throughout our songs and all the moods. Sure. Now, now, uh, Francisco, let, let's move back to the Butterfly Effect. The reissue um, comes with some very, some very cool and unique packaging for it. So, talk a little bit about the, you know, the repackaging of it and the new artwork, and you know what, what all went into that. Well, it's always um, a big risk and a challenge, um, you know, to um, redesign an album that has a legacy, that has a history as well. But like in music, I thought it was the time to make um, some some changes. So I hired, we have a small label in Portugal called Alma Mater Records that right. distributes Moonspell in Portugal. And we also, you know, deal with all things Moonspell, uh, like back catalog, um, etc. So I get to be the kind of executive producer of our own back catalog, which was virtually sold out. Right. So it's 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 a chance also for the for the newer fans, especially to own the physical product and not to li limit themselves in listening, you know, to streaming and um, and whatnot. So um, we decided to go, and I think a re-release has to be something really good-looking, striking, and that makes um, the fan want to a collectible. Let's call it this way. Uh -huh. That's why I always go through the archives, archives of Moonspell. I picked up two remixes from um, Butterfly um, Effect songs, Angelizer and Lust Mort, and we we packed it with a small seven-inch single, which is very collectible for metal fans. Together with the vinyl edition, we also have a special band edition that has a great green yellow spot vinyl. And I love vinyl, you know, I'm a sucker for new editions, old editions. I have lots of um, records uh, here at home and, and back um, in the studio. It's my favorite format to listen to um, sound-wise. So I always, um, you know, pick and search ideas from editions I have. And there's really cool stuff being edited. And obviously music has now become more of a private club, of collector's club, sure. which is bad by one side because you don't get to sell that many records but it's good for the other side because you get to invest a lot um in the in the edition to give um people um you know something worth of their money uh, and attention so uh, butterfly fact came out um in two vinyl editions one is napalm and the other one is alma mater records this one is virtually sold out because it was limited okay. and then napalm also did the uh, tapes which is very funny because um you know i used to listen tapes were my upbringing uh, obviously I, I had cds and i had um many final lps but tapes were just the thing you could carry uh, and listen to uh, a little bit like digital music these days sure. and also we have the cd that was completely um revamped and also um you know the booklets has a lot of information we had a, a book out called Wolfers Who Were Men via Cult Never Dies from, uh, from England, uh, the English translation of our biography. So as Butterfly Effect was a, a period very obscure for Moonspell and um, very and people didn't really know what was the intention behind the album. Now they'll know a little bit better with the interviews coming, but also we, we um, 
made a, a full chapter, uh, edit, uh, an edit chapter of the biography available with the booklet so that people can read about it in our own words as well. So it's a very full, full stacked uh, edition. We're quite proud of it. People loved uh, the redesign. I think it looks great. I yeah. think that the other design in my opinion, I liked it, but you, it, it missed a little bit, you know, the strength and the power of this um, design, this almost anthropomorphic skull figure with a butterfly. Right. I think Joao, our um, our designer, did a, an excellent job. He already had designed many things for um, for Moonspell and Alma Mater, but I think this time he nailed it. You know, and we are re-releasing the back uh, catalog and we learn as well, you know, and I think for Butterfly Effect, it was the time to bring up a new design and a new cover. Next up will be Darkness and Hope. Uh, maybe next year, probably we'll uh, keep the keep the cover. But it's always a work in progress. It's just you know a question of making it collectible and good enough for the fans to invest their money on something like uh, like a re-release with so many great music and new albums coming out on a daily basis even um, during these uh, hard pandemic times. Yeah, no question. Well, I, I wanted to move forward to, to today just for a minute. Uh, did I see right that Mike Mike left the band? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, that That's a, you know, for anybody that follows Moonspell, that's, that's pretty big news. He's like, you and him are like the core from the beginning, no? Yeah, Mike was, um, I mean, I'm the only remaining founding member. Right. Uh, this time and uh, we made a deal with Mike that um, because of the friendship and the ties we had since the beginning we wouldn't go um, very further on on interviews and we all obviously made a legal claim about this so I, ca I cannot go by legal reasons uh, into detail but with bands it happens like this of course it's it's sad for us it's sad for the fans but sometimes um, like you see music and in life um, are there are uh, cycles that end and cycles that begin. So the best thing I can say is that um, from as far as we know, um, Mike is going to uh, stay in the music business. Okay. Uh, I, I think he's probably forming uh, right now uh, a new band. Uh, we don't. We are not in touch with him, uh, obviously, right now at this at this moment. But um, personally, I wish him all the best on his future endeavors. But it was something uh, that happened. And, um, you know, that's, we don't like to be, we, we kind of like to do this the gentleman way, you know, because sometimes there's a lot of bad blood, there's a lot of information and people want blood. What are you guys angry? Are you guys, sometimes it's just a little bit more regular than all these many bad reasons that people can, can think about. Yeah. It's big news for a uh, big and, um, sad news for uh, any Moonspell, um, fan but it's also a way of us uh, both parts embracing the future so again i want to wish uh, mike uh, all the luck on his future um, endeavors with uh, with music sure well no no problem there i just i i just saw it and i was like wow you know you know as a moonspell fan it's it, there there was you know you and him were the were the the pillars but you're right times do change um one last thing for you francisco before we wrap this one up um you you specifically are somebody that that definitely has always challenged 
challenged what people would expect. There's no, there's no real thought of, well, I'm going to get a, it's not Moonspell is not ACDC. Let's put it that way. It's not like, you know, unfortunately not. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe financially, but at the same time that it, one of the great things about Moonspell is in order to understand what you're doing at the time, you have to listen to the record. You can't, you can't just be handed a Moonspell record and you know what it is before you even listen to it. You know, and, and to me, that's great because it, it really challenges you to, you know, give the records plenty of listens to really understand it. I'm curious, though, for you, you know, we, we sort of touched on at the beginning about do you have you ever considered doing a solo release of music that you've written? Because I'm assuming you have music that you've written that just doesn't fit the the moon spell framework. And I was curious if you've ever considered that. Uh, not really. I like to work a lot with our main composers, Pedro and um, and Ricardo, and I think that my vocals serve very well, Moonspell, but I don't see the need or that will, I would have the talent to pursue that avenue. What I have done uh, many times is to participate in different projects back here in Portugal. I've been in uh, Fado. Fado is the national music for Portugal-like country, is for the States. So I've been, uh, but it's a bit more melancholy. Well, country can be melancholic as well. So I did that um, a couple of years ago, just singing on a totally different style. Uh, I've done opera shows um, as a metal singer sure. as well with, with theater groups. And also I have a small career as a published writer. I'm working on my first novel that is coming on to 221. Mm -hmm. And on that aspect, I feel more complete because I can pursue other avenues. But when it comes down to have just a full album with my ideas, um, etc., like many other lead singers did, I feel absolutely no need uh, to do yeah. that. And I, I don't think it will add anything to the musical scene uh, of Moonspell. I'm really a fan of what, um, what the band, what the songwriters in the band uh, write. And I can also be a, a part of it with some ideas, with lyrics especially so i don't think there will be a, a solo album for me and if it will be a solo album it will be something totally different and probably not metal at all sure fair enough man well for now what people should do is go and get the um the reissue of the butterfly effect it is fantastic music from moonspell it's one of those one of those releases that i i think i think fans have even even guys like me that didn't love it at first have gravitated to over time. So it's definitely worth checking out and rechecking out. So um, I'll tell you what, um, Francisco, why don't uh, you pick a track from the from the release to wrap this up with, and um, and we'll play it on the way out. All right. Um, thanks so much for the for the interview and all the best. Stay safe and healthy on these hard times. And um, I'll pick up the first song that opens the album, and it's called Soul Sick. All right, well, let's check it out now. It's Soul Sick, it is Moonspell, and this is Aftershocks.
Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com for all comments and questions Please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. <laughs>